The grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Um, we welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially if you're visiting with us today. There is a friendship pad on each one of the rows near the center aisle, and we'd love to have you fill it out and let us know that you're here with us, whether you're here regularly or whether you're visiting. You can see that lots is happening in, within this next week, including today at the 10 o'clock hour. Our group that went to Kenya this year is going to be giving an update about Kenya in Tankersley Hall at 10 o'clock this morning. Also, is there a Molokai bake sale? Yes, there is. Why do I not see it? Okay. By the way, you can buy wonderful refreshments this morning instead of the Deacon Donuts by at our, from our youth in order to help fund their Molokai trip, that is, uh, their mission trip that happens during their spring break. Uh, this coming weekend on Saturday night is our family fun night. You are welcome to be part of that. You can see how to, what to bring and how to be part of that. And next Sunday is our congregational meeting, our annual meeting. Also next Sunday, we welcome Mark Hansen and his wife, Greta Pedersen. They are wonderful musicians. Mark is a guitarist. It is a great treat to have them every year. And you might want to tell your friends, this is a wonderful, wonderful week when they come to play for us. Our book talk is meeting this Tuesday. If you have read the book, The Book of Joy, you are welcome to join us. This is not a members-only group by any means. You, everybody can come and talk about the book. And Judy Bell is beginning a new women's study that is studying the book Wearing God by Lauren Winner. That begins in another week and a half. She is taking sign-ups out on the patio and give, handing out the first part of the reading for you. I would like to introduce to you Judy Bell, who is one of our membership fellowship elders. I would like to speak to the ladies of the church. You are invited to the women's retreat, March 16th through the 18th. The theme of the retreat is uncluttered. Uh, <clears throat> we want you to make room for God and all others. Less stuff. Less stress. More soul. And we will talk about paring down possessions and schedules. And um, we will have Reverend Courtney Ellis speaking to us. Uh, she's from the Church of the Master, uh, Presbyterian Church of the Master, and she'll be our speaker. She's been offered a book contract on this very subject. Uh, we will be at the Pala Mesa Resort in Fallbrook. Did you hear the word resort? <laughs> and I said, resort. There are walks among the trees and gardens, a hike to a winery where you might even taste something. 
shopping excursions to Temecula and Fallbrook. There are spa amenities, facials, a golf course. You can sign up for a Sunday game of golf if you hurry. There are lovely rooms with maid service. You do not have to strip your bed and put it in a basket before you leave. You will be laughing together as you get to know other women of our church and our community. Our own local artist, Mia Moore, will be holding a class to show you how to find your inner artistic talents. Sign up as soon as possible because we are going big time and the resort requires us to get our count in by February 12th. Thank you. And Judy Bell is the chair of that retreat so you can tell it's going to be fun. Also our Club 325 for Children begins this week and we're looking towards Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, which this year comes on Valentine's Day, February 14th. So it is going to be an evening in which we're going to talk about creating me a new heart, O oh God, on Valentine's Day. So if you celebrate Valentine's Day, go out for dinner the week, weekend before or the weekend after so you can be with us on Wednesday evening. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Loving God, you are here and everywhere around us, within us by your Spirit. You know our inmost thoughts, in you we hope, in you we live. You are the source of our comfort, giving peace that is beyond our understanding. In you we learn to be still, in you we live. Bless now this time of worship, awaken us to your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Psalmist, uh, call us to worship. Our salvation and honor come from God alone. God is our refuge and a rock of safety. For God, For God alone, alone my, my soul waits in silence. silence. From, from him, him comes, comes my salvation. salvation. O oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him. For God is our refuge. God, God alone, alone is, is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, my fortress I shall not be shaken. shaken. From the greatest to the lowliest, all are nothing in his sight. If you weigh them on the scales, they are lighter than a puff of air. God, God is, is a refuge for us. God, God is, is our rock and our salvation. salvation. Don't try to get rich by extortion or robbery. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. On oh God, God rests my deliverance, deliverance and, and my, my honor. honor. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God and steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord. I praise you, O oh God. We praise you, O oh God. Together. I sing the
Come church, now is the time to worship. Oh, it's in Psalm 95, church. be seated church oh lord you are the rock of my salvation you are the strength of my life let's sing church
God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Sisters and brothers, let us trust the Lord at all times. Come, let us pour out our hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Let us pray responsibly. O Lord, forgive us when we fail to respond to your call with faith. Through, Through your, your spirit, spirit we, we stand, stand in the assurance of your, of your acceptance. acceptance. Forgive us when we are shackled by our narrow understandings of discipleship and our clouded sense of purpose. Through your spirit, we are drawn into the illumination of your empowering love. Forgive us when we are frightened of the future or pull back from the demand of your calling. Forgive us when we fail to sense your presence in our past to acknowledge your grace in the present moment and to trust you for our future. Through your spirit, we offer ourselves in discipleship. We stand together as your disciples. Renew us now with your spirit, Lord.
For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Praise the God of our salvation. Though we were overwhelmed by our sins, when we bring them to God, God forgives them all. What mighty praise belongs to you, O God. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Amen. from chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. I'll find my way to it while you're finding your way to it. There we are. Good. So starting with verse 14 of chapter 1 of the Gospel of Mark. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. 
and he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Lord God, help us to know your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us, for you are the God of our salvation. For you, we wait all day long. Open our hearts and our minds now to your word, that we may listen to your voice. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. It was time. Time at the beginning of the year to make a serious purchase. I bought a brand new barbecue. Oh, yes. I bought my last one about 10 years ago, and we must have used it at least twice a week during the summertime, maybe three or four times a week. You know this. There's nothing like lighting up that barbecue throwing something on the grill, and that feeling like you have accomplished greatness as you bring inside the grilled sustenance for the family feast when you put it down on the countertop and you do that with authority. You accomplish something. (laughs) And so I spent the, the last couple of months, you know what it's like when you want to buy something. You spend a little bit of time looking here and there. You want the very best deal. And so I was shopping around on the internet, and I was checking out the BTUs, the size of the grill, and of course, I was reading all the endless reviews on every barbecue I was interested in. And I finally found the one that I wanted. And just before I tapped the purchase button, it gave me one last option. Would you like expert assembly for an extra $80? 80 bucks? Are you serious? I'm not paying 80 bucks for you to put something together for me. I can do this. And so I tapped that pay now button without any hesitation. Two days later, that box arrived. It was a big box. It said fragile on the side. I thought that must be French for something. And with the help of my son, we moved that box, and it was heavy. We moved it right to the middle of the living room floor. And I opened up that box, and I started to lay out each and every piece on the living room floor, and it was like clowns coming out of a VW bug. Those pieces just kept on a-coming, so much so that the living room floor was filled over here. My wife gave me the look like, you're not going over there. And so I put some over on the fireplace mantle over here, and I put them over here on this side chair that we have. And for a full minute, no joke, for a full minute, I just stepped back and I stared at all of those parts. And the first words out of my mouth, you want to know what the first words of my mouth were? I should have paid the 80 bucks. (laughs) I mean, seriously, what was I thinking back then? Now, let me tell you, when I looked around at the living room floor, 
the mantle and the side chair, looking at all of those pieces, it led me to think this is going to be confusing and an overwhelming task. You know that feeling when you're staring at something and you just feel paralyzed. How am I ever going to do this? So much so that I announced to the entire family that I was putting off the assembly from that evening because I knew it would ruin my evening to the next morning when I would be well-rested and heavily caffeinated. (laughs) So when I went back to the project, I looked at the bottom of the box. What was at the bottom of the box? The instructions were at the bottom of the box. I felt a little better then. And the first thing that it told me to do was to make sure that every part was included in the box. That makes sense. So I went around the room and I made sure every part was there. Check. And then with the help of the instructions, little by little, step by step, with everything properly numbered, it guided me through the assembly of a magnificent cooking machine. What first appeared to be confusing and daunting somehow became achievable, so much so that as I was in the middle of the process, it actually became a joy of seeing and watching this thing all come together. As I was in the middle of the building process, I had one of those aha moments. My wife always laughs at me when I have these aha moments in times like that. I thought about when I first became a Christian, when I decided to commit my life to Jesus Christ, when I decided to follow Jesus as my Savior and Lord, it was new. It was exciting. It was amazing. All at the same time, a hundred million times to the tenth power better than any box I would get in the mail. And I remember those days, those first few days and months, I was walking tall, I was filled with joy, and I had confidence in my newfound faith. But not long after, even a few months into this initial decision, I can remember this overwhelming thought that came over me of where my life would go from there. I can remember numerous times thinking, well, what now? What might be God calling me to be? What might God be calling me to do in my future? Now, I'm telling you the truth. From when I was five years old, there was a certain profession that I desired. I told all my friends this is what I was going to be. But now that was over to the side, and my future call appeared like all of those pieces on the floor and the mantle and the side chair. It was confusing overwhelming and puzzling all at the same time. And I can remember saying, like I said, what now? I think we've all had those times in our faith journey as we have continued to grow up. We've had those times during these certain life phases that we go through. We hear the word of Jesus We are hearing the voice of God leading us to something. It's like opening up the box with excitement. We lay out all the pieces of our life, of our future on the floor, only to experience this feeling of confusion, complexity. And because now that we are following God, there is a sense of wonder. Specifically contemplating 
what might be God's call in my life? What might God be leading me to do? What might God be leading me to be? Whether if it was right after we became a Christian or right after we graduated from college, remember thinking, what am I going to do now? Maybe remember our parents thinking, I wonder what they're going to do now. Or it could have been when we started a relationship or just got married or just had the first child or the children left the home. On and on it goes. We get to these certain phases and we wonder, what might God be leading me to be? What might God be leading me to do? And when the initial moment arrives, the pieces of our potential call may seem to be scattered across the floor And we find ourselves maybe getting frustrated, maybe saying to ourselves in so many words, I should have just paid the 80 bucks. But what if, this is part of my aha moment, what if God is using that specific place in our lives that may appear confusing and puzzling on the outside to make us ready on the inside to listen to his voice. Hmm. Reading our passage this morning, as I was reading this over and over again during this week, I thought about how those four men, Simon, Andrew, James, and John, how they must have dealt with their sudden sense of call. Pause for a moment and think about how startling that must have been for those men. This initial response, exciting response of trusting in Jesus, but now there's this unknown out in front of them, this great wide open out in front of them wondering, what now? They were deep in their career as fishermen. The family business, you know in that culture back then, you were brought into the family business. Could you picture what it must have been in that culture to turn to your parents and say, I am not going into the family business, or right in the middle of it, I am leaving the family business. That would have been a big deal. And I'm guessing they were making a very good living as fishermen. Then suddenly, along comes this man, Jesus, who says, follow me, And their immediate response is to drop everything, drop their nets, and follow Him. A good question to ask yourself is, what led up to this point when Jesus merely walks up to them and says, follow me, and they drop their nets, leave behind everything, and they follow Him? In the Gospel of Luke, we're told that many things had happened. Jesus had taught in several synagogues, There was one, as we've read before, where he was almost thrown from the brow of a hill when he said that he was the one who had fulfilled Isaiah chapter 42, saying that he was the Messiah, the anointed one from God. And after that, Jesus went on to cleanse a man of an unclean spirit. Then he healed Peter's mother-in-law from a high fever. But notice in the Gospel of Mark, none of those accounts are mentioned before our passage. Merely the word of Jesus is spoken to these four men, and there is this immediate response, dropping the nets, obeying the call, and following Him. Could it be that Mark is stressing the authority of the voice of God? that the Word of God always carries with it 
power to transform a person's life, to go on and lead that life into his or her God-given call. I believe so, for we have read it time after time in the Word of God. The Word of God was spoken to Moses. He followed. The Word of God was spoken to Joshua. He did exactly what he was told to do. The voice of God was spoken to Elizabeth and Mary and the Apostle Paul, and there was an immediate response of accepting the call and following after Jesus Christ. And we are well aware of that voice in our own life. Every one of us who knows Jesus Christ, the voice of God accompanied with His Word, the power was along with the Word, transformed your life, and you fell in love with Jesus. And we've seen it time and time again. The each and every call that we have responded to by God, the voice of the Lord was there to move us into that place. So Jesus had made his way into Galilee and he was preaching the good news of God. He was saying the kingdom of God has come near. In other words, the ministry and the person of Jesus is here. And what did Jesus preach? He preached, repent and believe in the good news. In other words, turn to the things that God loves and trust that Jesus has come as our salvation. He has come to bring us a brand new life. I'm willing to think that this message spread like a wildfire through Galilee. And I would say all the way to the Galilean Sea. And so when Jesus approached these men with his word, their hearts were ripened to respond with faith, to fulfill his call, and to follow him. And it didn't stop there, did it? For while we were created to be loved by God, we were also created to love others for the sake of God. And that's where their call, our call, comes to the forefront. You remember what Jesus said? Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. He didn't say, follow me, and I will make you shepherds of people. Or follow me, and I will make you carpenters of people. We know that Jesus was quite good at. He didn't say, follow me, and I will make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishermen of people. In other words, I am going to take your natural talents that you have as fishermen along with the power of the voice and the message of God and I'm going to use you to bring other people to know me and to love me. Notice it's the voice of Jesus which enabled them, instructed them little by little, step by step, to begin to understand what their God-given call was in bringing people to know Jesus Christ and to love Jesus Christ. In looking and listening to Jesus, they will become what they were meant to be and meant to do at this specific time in their life. So I ask you this morning, what might God's voice be saying to you at this time in your life? How might God be working to take these natural abilities that you were created with, along with the spiritual gifts that His Holy Spirit has given you at this time in your life, 
along with the specific place you are in right now, this location, to bring the love, grace, and hope of Jesus to others. Something serious to think about. I can think of the different times in my life where God has moved me to to respond to His call. I can remember when I was struggling with staying at Arcadia Presbyterian Church or whether to come to Laguna Presbyterian Church and God's voice moving me and and causing me to obey that voice to follow Him. And, And I think right now, and God is calling me in this way to help my sons in a certain way. He has brought me this call. I, you know, my, my youngest son is a senior in high school. That's a quite interesting time. And my two other sons are in college. And God has gifted each one of them in different ways. Isn't it amazing? You raise these kids all in the same home, feed them the same food, say all the same stuff, and then suddenly they start kind of going in different directions of what they're interested in. And Nathan's so into filmmaking and and Aaron's thinking about real estate and being an entrepreneur and and Joe's all into computers and I've learned as a parent now this call that God has given me that I need to less manage and more just kind of navigate and listen. But I also want to support and I want to encourage and I want to invest and I want to be a cheerleader. And God has brought me that call right now at this specific time in my life. And you know what? It's a little scary, but it's also very exciting. It's a really neat adventure. So I ask you right now, I can't answer the question for you, but just think about what's God's voice saying to you right now in using these natural abilities that you have, the spiritual gifts, the specific location you're in, What might God be speaking to you about right now to bring His love, His grace, and His hope to other people's lives? Heavenly Father, we thank You for the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus that has brought us to know You, to love You, to serve You, and to enjoy You. And we always want to be open to Your voice, Your call, and how we can continue to share the love and grace of Jesus with others. We ask this now in His name. Amen. Light the ushers forward as we give of our tithes and offerings.
the good news. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. Hallelujah. Dressed in his righteousness alone I'll be, faultless to stand before the throne. Church, let's stand as we sing the refrain, On Christ the Solid Rock. On Christ the Solid Rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Yours, O Lord, are grandeur and power, majesty, splendor, and glory. All in the heavens and on earth is yours. We're awed by the trust that you put in us to call us as your co-workers, to do your work in this world, in setting men and women free, in healing the wounded, in comforting the brokenhearted in bringing your good news to this world. Grant us wisdom and courage that with these gifts and with our very lives we might do the work of your kingdom. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us be seated. The prophet Isaiah issued this invitation. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food, incline your ear, and come to me, listen, so that you may live. People will come from east and west and north and south, 
and sit at table in the kingdom of God because they are hungry and thirsty, seeking to fill up that inner vacuum of their lives with many different kinds of food and drink. The only food and drink that can sustain life is our Lord Jesus Christ. And he invites us to come and partake of the bread of life. And the wine and the very presence of the living Lord and the elements upon this table. And people will come from east and west and north and south and sit at this table because they come because they know they need God in their lives. We are provided with bread and wine at this table, the visible signs of the living word of God. Let us give thanks. Oh Lord, we do give you thanks, for you made us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. You know us better than we know ourselves, even the parts of us which reject you and turn away. Yet you do not reject us. You continue to love us and to call us to turn again to you. We particularly praise you that in your loving will for our world, you sent your son, Jesus. For his clear speaking, which contradicts our harmless generalities. For his compassion, which changes our hearts. For his disturbing presence his innocent suffering, his fearless dying, his rising to life, breathing forgiveness. We praise you and we worship him. Merciful God, send now in kindness your Holy Spirit to settle on this bread and wine and fill them with the fullness of Jesus. And let that same spirit rest on us to empower us to live into your call upon our lives. Even as we pray for the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, saying, Our Father, Father who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body given for you. Eat of this in remembrance of me. In like manner... After supper, Jesus took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our ushers will bring you a row at a time, invite you to come, take a piece of bread, dip it into the cup, commune, and return prayerfully and wait until all have been served. Let us worship the Lord. Would our elders please come?
Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you this week. Amen. Thank you.